0: Hi, my name is Tara Humphrey and welcome to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews, insights, project management and leadership trainings and lessons learned from leaders in the field of healthcare to improve the delivery of your projects and business performance. And in today's episode, I interviewed Dr. Fasana Hussein. Fasana is a GP partner at her own practice in Newham. She's also a primary care network clinical director and she's also involved in lots of education. In this interview we talked about the setup process of their PCN, the challenges and opportunities of working a network way, the opportunity to get patients involved in scoping the services that a network can provide and Fasana also shared her hopes on how graduate doctors can see general practice as an exciting opportunity to get involved and as a fantastic career choice. I really hope that you enjoy it. So Fazana, thank you so much for joining me on the Business of Healthcare podcast. We are connected through Source for Networks and we have recorded a podcast around how you use social media, but you've kindly um, given me a little bit more of your time where I would really like to dig in and understand kind of the week in the life of a primary care network clinical director, if that's okay.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here.
0: So if we start, could you introduce yourself, where do you work, where do you live and how long have you been in the field of primary care?
1: I live and work in Newham in East London, one of our most deprived boroughs in the country and I've been a GP here in Newham for 18 years and I trained and did all my GP training in Newham as well. So I've been working as a doctor in Newham for 20 years. Um, I'm very interested in medical education so I teach second year medical students from our local university, Queen Mary's and Bart's and I am also a GP trainer and I'm also, a GP appraiser which gives me a lovely breadth of um, appraising and seeing what happens at all levels um uh, I'm also fortunate enough to be one of our network clinical directors now one of 10 in Newham um and I'm also quite interested in governance um and I do some work for CQC as uh, one of their specialist advisors um and I love growing and nurturing people with my educational background and I'm also a trained coach so that's me. So you do a lot. (laughs) I like to keep busy it keeps me out of trouble Okay, so I know there
0: is there's a network agreement, and there is the job description for um, a clinical
1: director. What is actually your role? Oh, well, Tara, I'm giggling because I think I'm, I'm I'm making it up as I go along. <laughs> And um, yeah, the JD doesn't even begin to cover it. So um, I'd be just delighted to share with you what I'm doing. And I don't by any means think that this is what everybody's doing or whether I'm doing it correctly. Uh, But that's half the fun of this new role, because I think it's great to start from a blank canvas. And the NHS England have given us the autonomy to try and make that up. That's really exciting for me. I think I'd be quite um, hemmed in if it was a, a really rigid thing to have to do. Do this, this. So I'm clinical director for seven practices and 65,000 patients. And that's about an eighth of the population of Newham in East London. And our first challenge was to get our network approved by the CCG because it didn't sit across our council ward boundaries. We spanned three. So the council wanted um, us to be in different networks. So we had to sort of challenge back saying that we are a primary care network and we seven practices had had really good working relationships for the last seven years. So that involved a bit of LMC input and it involved quite a lot of meetings and a few more requests from community trust and talking to council. So just to get born, labour was a little bit painful, but, but we got there in the end. So that took quite a lot of work, not just from myself, but from My network and my source for networks, for CI course, really, really helped me think about distributive leadership. And I knew that I couldn't get that approved just by myself. And it was actually all my practices that said, we want to work together and we want this person as CD and we don't want to do it. We want her to do it. And having that tremendous support was affirming. And we got to at least the first stage. So that was a win and I think it bonded us as a network. And so that was good. Then the next bit for us has been that um, we locally have got um, a number of what people would call the local enhanced services that CCGs would Now, we call them supplementary network services. But our CCG has decided to introduce them this year and part of the payment will be for the network. So a yeah. very different way of working for us for the next five years, um, it will be proportionately that more and more of the percentage of the money for For the um, work done will come through the network. So, while we had close relationships before, we had never really thought about sharing our business before. And this is here now. And it does add a different dimension when we are all going to share money and actually need that money together because our income per practice will reduce so we wouldn't survive without that. Um, So it's been really nice to think about how we collaborate and how we do that and we make it work for every practice. So uh, last week and every week is different, last week was spent uh, by me having a talk with uh, one of our practices who has um, someone who's over 65 and he is the only uh, gp there with quite a substantial list size and just having a a really frank and very honest discussion about how we as a network can support him and how we can help him and what are his plans for uh, you know sustaining his practice so that's not the sort of conversation that practices have had with each other before i don't know if you can share but how are you supporting that practice and i can share so um Uh, I went in with I want to help and kindness and I know NHS England talk about it's all about trust and relationships and actually I think it is so I went and I I asked him how he was I I let him know about the ask for our local enhanced services and wanted to know what support he needed I can't say it was an easy conversation I think it's very difficult in the business that we are in, the business of healthcare, when we all, me included, I am the queen of my little castle. I run my 5,000. I'm the only GP partner. I've got 10 people who work with me, but also for me. I'm their employer. Um, And and I think um, thinking about working together is a very, very different mindset. I think the seeds were sown I wouldn't say that everything has been solved uh, but I think having the network support and this distributive leadership was really helpful because I had another practice say to me well how are we going to help this practice because otherwise we're all going to go under yeah (laughs) simply as that not from clinical director really helped focus all our minds
0: yeah, I think I have been part of some of those conversations and they they are difficult. There is a willingness to work together, but when you get into the logistics and the nuts and bolts... That's where the conversation gets a little bit tense. Yes,
1: and I do use a little humour. So I say things like, "When we're in year four, eighty percent of our enhanced service income will come through the network. So if there's one naughty little practice, none of us will get paid. So we'll all <laughs> be after you. So you don't want Fazana wagging her finger at you with the naughty CD. And I think just bringing a little bit of humour. in. yeah. yeah. That, that it, those are the facts, put very simply. So how can we all work together? Because then we'll all win. And does your practice
0: manager help you?
1: Do you have any management support? So the practice managers locally, as I'm sure everywhere, are absolutely, absolutely busy to the the bonnet by running practices. And of course, I have reduced some of my clinical sessions in my own practice in order to take this CD role. So my practice manager is who I call my right hand lady running the practice for me. And we have actually appointed a two day a week network manager from some of our DES network money. We could only afford two days of him, but we have got two days of him and it hasn't involved the practice income we have paid for that through our network des money so not the practice engagement money So all the practices were happy they didn't want to quite rightly uh, dip into their practice money because that would pay for their backfill for engaging in meetings and things and that's why we got two days which i don't think is enough i think we need five but that's what we can afford at the moment and what is he what's he doing um, so um, he's, um the cat already thinking about getting um, sort of baseline data for each practice to see how we are doing for example in our enhanced services at the moment to see where we are which practices need a bit more support is it support they need has there been a staffing change so he very kindly is going to visit every practice he's got a background in transformation and I think he's worth his weight in gold <laughs> he's also not employed or has never been employed by any of the Practices, And I know some networks are using practice management support. We felt as a network that not only, A, were our practice managers busy that, but B, we wanted someone new and neutral. We wanted to be very democratic about it so that it perhaps avoided conflict later. So he was someone who, who I met through the CCG. He was doing some interim work with them, and he's a transformation manager. So he'll be going to practices with support visits, thinking about, what our purpose is as the network? Yes, we have to provide these enhanced services. Yes, there are seven national specs to provide. But is that what we're all about? Or actually, do we want to do something? Because we've been kind of... Decided to be, because that was the national reason we have to be, so we know we have to be a network. But what do we do as a network? What do we want to do? Because I think the strength of the network is that bottom-up innovation. And that's why I'm a big fan of the um, NAPC, National Association Primary Care Home Model, because prior to the networks, those networks, those primary care homes, were doing innovation because they wanted to, not because they had to yeah and and one of my fears is that if we just stick to the contract but the contract is busy enough but if we just stick to the contract we're going to lose the magic of innovation so we've got nothing about mental health in in the national or the local specs i think we have a huge need here we've got a young population a third of my consultations are mental health so i think he's going to help us and i'm going to help us think about what our shared goals are what our common purpose is so we can really thrive
0: You've moved quite quickly. So you started on the first, although obviously things were going on before then. You've moved quite quickly to appoint your network manager. You're thinking about transformation, not just the delivery of the, you know, the key performance indicators. How often are you meeting as a
1: network? We meet as a network face to face only once a month. We meet at the beginning once a month. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for that seven year long relationship that we have had um, and we have done a few projects together so we did a quality improvement project together which I led uh, last year on, on um, safe prescribing on the ward. so we had done something together and again that was thanks to my quality improvement training with um, the NHSSI team because It taught me the skills and it taught me how to work with people that were not just in my practice. So I think having had a common goal, we kind of knew each other. And I'm very fortunate, Tara, that I know that I feel my network give me respect and trust. If I say something, even if it sounds a bit off the wall, at least they'll listen to me. And I think that's a real blessing for a clinical director.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I 100% agree. So in regards to support, so in other discussions we've discussed how you get a lot of support um, from social media, in particular Twitter, and that helps with your professional development. But one of the things I posted on Twitter last night actually is through my work, I'm involved in both GP federations and training hubs and work with STPs and everybody has to make their offer to uh, primary care networks. And it's typically around leadership and facilitation essentially. And I get private organisations contacting me saying, you know, how can I support a PCN? From somebody that's
1: in it, is that support helpful? In a quick word, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being a little bit um, controversial there. But um, I think leadership is great, but I think you need to know what you're leading. And I think the leadership and the facilitation, and, you know, I've had some training on facilitation through NHSSI team, through my medical education work. Um, I've been on the NHS Academy Leadership Program, been on General Practice Improvement Leaders. They're all great, but actually... PCMs are about frontline and it's about distributive leadership. So actually teaching some CDs about Belbin roles is really important for their self-awareness. But actually there is a gap between that and what we're expecting our networks to deliver. Just the seven specs are really ambitious. It will involve working with community trust. Um, As you said a little bit earlier, these are not people that are employed in the same organisation. They're going to have different views. Um, they're, They're different tribes. I'm not sure that I have been offered anything, and we've been offered quite a bit, that hits the mark. And, I turned the question on its head. As a GP trainer, I would say to my registrar, what are your learning needs? I would ask the registrar and then we would go through an assessment together. So the bits that they didn't know, I could fill in because I know what is required, and I think that model would work really well. Different PCNs are in different places. Different clinical directors are in different places. I've had quite a lot of medical education training. We've got two fantastic nurse CDs. They may not have had the opportunity to have that. We've got uh, a really fantastic brand new GP in his first year who is rocketing away as a CD. But he said to me, "I don't know as much as you." And I said, "But I- I- I'm seventeen years older than you. I'm learning from you." So. I think we need a lot more than off the peg and I think the answer within the network. Because so I think if we listen to them, I think we would know and I'm not suggesting we do what well, there are nearly 1400 networks. I'm not suggesting we do 1400 courses, but but there will be themes that come out and I think this is nobody's fault, but it's the command and control style yeah. of the NHS. We'll give you some off the peg, and you can use it, and then you'll all be with Z CDS. I don't think that's going to hit the mark for what I think a, th- a true thriving network can do. If we look at the PCH models, the real difference that a network can make to its community, which is why I wanted to be a CD. I want to make sure that although we're the 25th most um, deprived borough in the country and and financially deprived, and we have illness that other people haven't even seen like tb and hiv i want to make a difference for those sixty five thousand, and i think pcms can help us do that and i haven't been able to do that in 18 years as a gp i love the energy
0: and i think what is really interesting is that i mean everybody's busy but you wear lots and lots of hats how much time is this taking
1: At the moment, this is taking me at least three days a week. I think the one day a week was always a fantasy. I know that there are some, I think it's Nottingham that have actually, I think one of, again, I learned this, I think from Twitter, that their CCG has decided to put in extra funding and fund deputy clinical directors, locally ours, for whatever reason, hasn't decided to do that. I have reduced my clinical sessions, which has meant I've taken a personal pay cut, which I know not everybody would do. But for me, this is a passion. So I'm really enjoying this. But in terms of the business, I really don't think that the two session for a 50,000 population, which is about eight hours, two sessions, is really going to cut the mustard if we really, really want to transform. It may deliver the contractual requirements. Um, maybe, even that's a push, I think, but but I, I think it does require more time uh, than, than 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 the paid time. Is
0: a primary care network a business?
1: Not at the moment, and I think that's where we're in a real, to me, twilight zone, Taurus. We had um, an incident where, where you know this practice I was uh, mentioning it is, um, is way over sixty-five, and if we were a super partnership, or we were some sort of business, we could have gone in and helped. At the moment, we are still seven individual practices who are going to be sharing a little bit of money through enhanced services. So at the moment, we're not... My personal view, and this is a very personal view, I don't speak for the network, is that I think we would thrive if we did or become a a business. I think that would be great for us. I think it would give the voice of primary care that's so needed. And I actually think once we got over the Fasana's queen of her castle, and isn't that lovely, it's lovely, but you have to polish your throne every day. So CQC do come and you do need to think about have you hit everything bills are just going up so you really do need to polish that throne to sit on your throne and i think if we can have mini thrones and all sit together we would probably really enjoy it But that's a huge change in mindset for GPs and I appreciate that not everyone will agree with that and not everyone will be where I am. I've run a practice entirely on my own as a partner for five years when my partner suddenly passed away having committed suicide and I'm proud of what I've done. But actually, I really like working with others and I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Uh, We've just had a a single-handed GP, very sadly, die of cancer very recently and his family were understandably absolutely bereft and his list got dispersed if there was a partner with him if that was in a network where there was a partnership we we could have made that so much easier for him and his family
0: yeah
1: so you said i have people that work with me and people that work for me how do you make people work with you so, yes, I think when your employer, as much as we like to say there's no hierarchy, it's quite a bit easier when people work for you. How do you make people work with you? And I'm still in the very early days in infancy. I mean, this network could all go wrong, but I don't think. <laughs>
0: it won't, it won't. Um,
1: for me, it's about being honest about what i'm good at and what i'm not so i love meeting people and people seem to like meeting me so so i think that's a skill and and i love that and i enjoy what i do and in coaching we always talk about build on your strengths don't just worry about your weaknesses i'm also very aware of what i can't do so i'm not very good at finishing tasks and implementing things so how do i help people work with me And certainly some of my online courses like the Source for Network have been useful. It's about I'm trying to now look for people that are actually different to me, because I think as humans, we're drawn to people that are like us. So I really like the bouncy extrovert. I'm always drawn to them. But actually, I am one of them. So I need help in the network with people who are more analytical who are a a bit quieter than me, and I'm now actively seeking them and being really honest and saying, I can't do this, can you help me? And it's amazingly positive for me. Actually, when you ask for help, people are quite happy to give help, because I'm quite, um, I think as GPs, we're quite used to solving problems on our own, and particularly as partners, we're very autonomous. I haven't been that good at working in teams or working with other people, I don't think. But as I'm asking, it's new for me. But people are saying yes. They're saying, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I and then they do it much quicker than I do because I'm good <laughs> at that skill. So so I'm not I'm not very good at detail. But then they know but then they also feed back to me saying, Oh, but you're good at that, so go and do it. So I think it's about really finding a use for everybody in, in your network to, to see how they can work with you. And as I learned from Denver CI, love your lurkers. There's always going to be a another- <laughs> I used to want to bat them around the head and say, wake up. But actually, that lurker will be ready when they're ready. And I spotted one of mine. One of mine had been a lurker. And suddenly in the middle of this meeting, he stood up and just said everything. I don't know what lit his fire, but he just did it. And we all thought, gosh, he's really good at HR, isn't he? And we suddenly realised that that was what floated his boat, And we all knew so Lurkers have a have a real space, and uh, I didn't know that before. Mm. Work with everybody, and just be kind to people, and just be honest and say, "There's one of me. I really can't do this all, and we want to do this for all of us." As a CD, do you make any ultimate decisions, or
0: are you kind of the the conduit for the decision?
1: Certainly, in our network, um, the casting vote is mine as CD. So if there's an absolute, you know, dead heat. It's interesting where the CD's relationship is lying with the CCG because we're just working it all out. So, I also am one of our Pan GP Federation board directors and I'm also one of our LMC committee members. And it's really interesting how that's working out and we're all learning as we go. So, I think the CCG would want to slight for want of better performance management role in the C D. we as LMC and Federation are not sure of that. So it's really interesting wearing the different hats and seeing what's expected because nobody really knows. I don't call it performance management. What I say is if one of us fall, we all fall so it's not about managing and telling somebody off it's about supporting that practice because we are all in it together we literally are financially in it together we are businesses we love what we do but we do have to make sure that we are financially solvent or else we're all going home and no one's going to trust anybody anyway
0: you've mentioned lots and lots of kind of ambitions and the vision for your network What is your immediate priority?
1: It's about the practices themselves and learning to really work together thinking about the real impact that this five-year contract is having on us thinking about our local enhanced services and how that will mean that we will be sharing money that we need to get to a place where we really trust each other enough to say you know what I'm not actually doing that well on this particular enhanced service because you know my HCA is being off sick for three months or my HCA is not very good. Those are hard conversations for us to make ourselves out vulnerable with the practice of hard conversations so for the next 90 days I would really like us to focus on our relationships and not just the contract holders and the practice managers really thinking about our nurses our salaried and our local workforce because we haven't really engaged with them um, half as much as we would like to and is everybody in your
0: practice aware of the PCN?
1: But that's a really interesting question because one of our community pharmacists rang to say, oh, can I come and talk to you about PCN? And one of my sorry doctors said, well, I I didn't know what to say to him because I didn't know what it was about. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so I didn't feel I had been very successful. So I actually, after that feedback, held a practice meeting to say, you know, when Fazana keeps going out and about and he's never here, this is one of the things she's doing but I, I don't feel we're atypical. I don't think we're communicating enough because there's so much to do and there's so much to do with just forming the network and getting this. I'm, I think communication is falling for our practice members and I think that's dangerous because I don't think a network will survive without everybody's engagement. And is that maybe
0: something that your network manager can pick up?
1: Yes, you read my mind. So one of the plans for the network manager, apart from visiting the practices, is, is to actually set up a, a, a nurses forum and to um, set up a, a patient forum because we haven't got a patient or patients on our network, and I think they need to be involved. The patient voice needs to be here right from the start to really help us. So not a PPG where, sadly, in my PPG at my practice of five thousand, about five six people come for a cup of tea and a cake, but I, I really don't feel that we have the real partnership working and i think a pcn needs the patient voice so what what would you ask your patients what's happening now what do you like about what's happening now what don't you like about what's happening now what would you like to see differently and then the million dollar question how can you help us solve that don't just let us solve that because we're probably not able to do it and we'll get it wrong help us solve that Or so a typical story just an afternoon surgery this afternoon I've had a consultation with a lady who's got terrible hip pain I referred to the physio she hobbled along for a mile with hip pain to get to the physio to be told it's not on this day it's on another day hobbled all the way home mm. and then I had to say again I'm not really sure what I can do about this you know this is what we're really seeing and it's absolutely not on and we can change those patients journeys by doing simple things by maybe having physios and GPs actually talk to each other more, you know. So so I want to hear it from them because I'm sure there's going to be some quick wins. This doesn't need to be a massive service redesign. We're seeing things like that on a daily basis that would really, really improve our patients' lives just because one referral hasn't got to one of our local physios. If my practice
0: put that out, I would say yes. I would I would want to input. So if the park surgery in Heron Bay, if you're listening Give us a shout.
1: it says please don't be afraid you know please don't be afraid because your patients will help you and some will not help you but that's just human nature don't take it personally some will have a negative view some will have a positive view. but if we're really talking about shared common purpose and you know i love my twitter friend dr thomas wyatt we actually met in person at an rcgp day but he's one of my heroes and he always says if you don't work with your community you're not going to solve it you can't solve it for someone we have to do it together i love that so
0: when thinking about the business of healthcare, what's been the biggest change you have experienced in the last, let's say, five years?
1: So in the last five years, costs have gone up, Tara. Um... A, because there's more regulation so prior to cqc i didn't have to have an external company doing my legionella checks for me on a monthly basis so there's a lot more costs that have gone up and, and standards have risen obviously and that's good but that is a cost um, workforce remains a real challenge so you know it's great to have salary doctors i'm very blessed to have them but locum costs are astronomical locum gps if you, you know you can and, and they're not available so costs are really rising uh, particularly for smaller practices because we just don't have that much to, to play with um, and obviously with the advent of the primary care network uh, a real change has been that while these network pharmacies, for example and these allied health professionals I think are going to be really great we're still having to put 30% upfront investment so we haven't seen the benefit my hope is that as they do so great that actually that will reduce GP workload and that cost will go down but it's still an upfront investment so there is um, you know there is a real thing that about have we got enough pennies in our piggy bank to do this? Because it's an upfront investment, and we haven't seen the financial returns yet.
0: You're the sole partner in your practice. Who are you having those conversations with?
1: Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really. I mean, um, I mean, I think we also need to think about. The, the, you know, the, the real facts going on. So CCGs have to make a 20% saving. So they've got their own issues to contend with. You know, LMC are very good at supporting, you know, GPs, but, but we all have to face facts that, that there isn't a whole lot of money sloshing around. This isn't anybody being horrible to GPs. We talk as a network and that helps us with the shared common purpose. But I don't think there's really a lot of help out there for that. I think it's about getting on with it and hoping that we will invest in the short term to make the long term gains. And for uh, GPs in training, doctors in training,
0: what would you say to them to say, come in and work in primary care?
1: You've touched my heart there. So I was very fortunate to be invited to um, the RCBP London faculty to talk about primary care networks. And I went um, to talk to trainees. And it was, again, really interesting. They didn't know much about it, you know, and I kind of blame myself and all of us because we're not engaging. Um, And what I would say is, There has never been a more exciting time to come into primary care. The energy that my younger colleagues had in that room when they found out about working in a team and actually having a paramedic do your home visit and actually being able to spend 20 minutes with your elderly patients and doing maybe some remote work and being able to know the name of your district nurse. And it was all coming from them for a bit. And I think just do it. Put yourself forward. Be part of it because we need your energy and enthusiasm. Those of us who are 46 now are a bit like vampires. We need to feed off your energy.
0: (laughs) And what would you say is your biggest tip from a leadership perspective, if there's somebody kind of one of your lurkers thinking I'd love to do that, but I don't quite have the confidence or I don't feel like I've got the skills, what would you say to them to help them take that step into a leadership position?
1: give it a go. There is no perfect leader. The day of the positional leader who knows everything and is not brave enough to say, I don't know everything, has gone. This is the day where everybody's a leader. And Dr. Mark Spencer, who is another one of my heroes, who works up in Fleetwood, and I think they won primary care home of the year, um, says... We define leadership in NHS Collaborate, um, their organisation, as anybody who wants to make a change. And I think that's a fantastic definition. Nobody's perfect. I've already made so many mistakes. I'm sure I'm going to make more, but I'm still going to continue to do it. Because when I make a mistake, people are kind enough to say, look, she was doing her best and she made a mistake. Let her move on and try again. And that's the culture we need. Let's not blame people for making mistakes. We're not robots. We're humans. Just give it a go.
0: I could talk to you all day thank you so much I really appreciate it I really do it's
1: been such a pleasure Tara thank you so much so there you go
0: folks I really hope that you enjoyed the interview and I really hope that you could feel how energetic and passionate Fazana is about her role in primary care I came across Fazana on Twitter. We also are in a community called for Networks but I would if you 're not already connected to Fazana on Twitter, I would definitely check it out um, she 's got fantastic insights and she 's so supportive. And yeah, you'll learn a lot from her. She's really good at commenting and sharing other people's stuff to keep you up to date. So check her out, like her latest post and tell her that Tara sent you. And I will see you in the next one.